Uh, hello, Calvary Carlsbad. Uh, we are so glad you're joining us here. Um, that was a great time of worship, and uh, we're going to continue on with our study. Uh, but first, a couple announcements. Um, obviously, first of all, no, we have no in-person services right now. Uh, but what we're doing is we're taking this time to up our online game. Um, so we're going to have lots of different options moving forward. We're going to have some devotions that we'll be sharing and, and uh, hopefully be adding more to that kind of content. And then also we're going to have a prayer room, a digital prayer room open after service. So there's a link below in the uh, the description and um, we'll be doing that from 1145 till 12. So if you want to jump to that link and then um, follow the instructions, you can get in on that. Um, this has been, I guess, a pretty wild week uh, as far as figuring everything out. Um, I've had a lot of people ask about how do they give, which is really awesome. Um, obviously, not in person is not happening so much. We're, we can still do through the mail and also uh, through our website online. There's that option there, too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're figuring it out as we go. And uh, this is our first week, as I said before. So this is the test to see how it all works. And uh, this is being pre-recorded. It's actually Saturday. You're watching it on Sunday, but um, we'll see if we actually end up going live or not. But I would encourage you, if you're encouraged by this, this is a way to reach out to people. Um, you can share this. You can pass this along to someone if you think it would encourage them, help them, whatever. I think this is such a good time for us to... Uh, to be ministering to the community that we live in, offering up hope and drawing uh, people to Jesus, you know, leading people to Jesus. And uh, so hopefully this is a good avenue for that. Um, also, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and like the video. That would help um, in even getting it out to more people. So uh, again, new at this, but we're working on it and we're doing our best. So. Uh, open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4. We'll be uh, going through verses 21 through 31. And normally at this time I'd have everyone stand up. So you can stand up at your house or whatever you want to do. Uh, but no one's going to be checking on you, I guess, on that end. But no, uh, just taking some time before the reverence of the Lord and, and holding his word with that reverence. So Galatians chapter 4, verse 21 it says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is under bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you, do not labor, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. 
Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Let's, you may be seated and let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning where we could come together and um, study your word. And we pray you'd speak to us through your word, that it would have insight, we'd have insights into your heart, um, into what you want us to do, where you want us to go. Lord, we thank you so much for um, your grace and your mercy that's upon us, Lord, for this church, Lord, uh, that it reaches well beyond the, the walls here. This is just a building. We are the church. So, God, we pray that we would be acting even more like the church than normal, Lord, that we'd be reaching out and that we'd um, be walking in your promises and believing and trusting you. So, God, we pray that you'd go before us, that you'd speak, you'd give us eyes to see and ears to hear, and that, uh, God, you just would... would Convict us where we need to be convicted. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Just do a work here this morning. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, we're continuing on in our series, We Are Free, through the book of Galatians. Um, we didn't do a necessarily special series on the coronavirus or anything like that. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But um, there's enough in here to keep us going for a long time. So I'm... I think there's some really good insights for um, what we're going through right now, as well as uh, anything that we're going through. This book is full of beautiful truths, and it will change you if you let the Lord have that access and the Spirit have access to your heart. Verse 21, let's get started. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Paul has been over and over again trying to help the Galatians to understand that there is no return to the law. There is no life found in the law. There's nothing there. Uh, everything was accomplished through Jesus. The law has been completely fulfilled in him. So these Gentile believers that had been kind of suckered in by the Judaizers to add this back into, uh, to add this into their, their relationship with God, Paul is, is trying to say, trust me, believe me, I know you don't want anything to do with this. And he's been trying to reason with them from every angle, and he's going to use an Old Testament story through Father Abraham here uh, to help uh, get them to open their eyes, to see. Um, I think it's, it's so cool to see his heart to try and hit them from every single angle, and a lot of times we give up too easy and uh, we just kind of throw one attempt and then call it call it a day. But that's not where we want to be. Paul is just he's, he will not stop. Now, does that mean that they're all going to turn back? No, it doesn't mean that. But it's worth the effort. So I think especially right now in this season where you have maybe some more time and and, you know, people can pick up the phone. If they're not picking up the phone right now, they don't want to. If they're not... <laughs> If they're not texting you back, they just don't want to. That's just the way it is. And you can figure that out on your own and have that conversation later or whatever. But uh, it's a time where people are actually pretty accessible, not in person, but through technology. And uh, maybe it's time again to revisit reaching out to people, loving on people and giving it another effort. Paul, he will not let it rest because he loves this church. They mean so much to him and he wants them 
to see the truth. So he's asking them, you desire to be in the law. Do you not hear the law? Meaning, do you actually not understand the law? Because the law is pretty clear. Verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he was of the bondwoman is born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Paul is going to use their father Abraham and their two sons to illustrate this point. Okay? Uh, Ishmael was born to Hagar. And, and he's, he's assuming they know the story, but of course they would. Ishmael was born to Hagar, and Ishmael, we're going to see in a second here, was absolutely born after a work of the flesh. God has promised Abraham and Sarah that they are going to have all these descendants, and, and he's going to be the father of many, and um, they're getting older and older. And Sarah is looking at the situation, she says, we can't have kids, it's too late. We've waited too long. It's not going to happen. We're, it's, it's over. Like, so she says, I'm going to go ahead and help God. I'm going to take things into my own hands because he seems to have forgotten about this promise. Or it's like one of those things where we have to figure it out on our own. I don't know. So what does she do? She takes one of her servants and he says, here, and let's at least have a kid in the house. And so Abraham uh, foolishly listens and, and uh, Ishmael is born and it all seems fine. It all seems good for a season. But God's promise was not that Abraham and Hagar would have a kid, but Abraham and Sarah. He'd forgotten the promise or she'd forgotten the promise, both of them really. And they'd gotten their eyes on figuring it out for themselves. They honestly had had an issue with seeing God for who God was and a promise keeper, able to keep his promises, able to remember that what he had promised. So what ends up happening, of course, Ishmael's born, and then a little bit later, we know Isaac's born. And we know that Abraham was like 100, and, and Sarah's like 90, and, and it's like against all odds, this child is born. And it's this beautiful picture of God's promise and his grace that it is not you. I don't need much resources from you. I don't need much vitality from you. What I do need is for you to obey and believe me. Trust me. I think that there's some word for us today, even in that sense, where there's so many reasons that we think we should take things into our own hands. And God, how much do I trust you? And how much do I... Uh, kind of go back to my old ways and just make it happen, you know, and ask. It's easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than for permission, right? To take over, let the flesh rule for a minute so I can get the food I need, knock a couple old ladies over to try and get six loaves of bread so I can put it in my seventh freezer. No, see, we've got to trust in the promises of God to believe him that he says he's capable of sustaining us and taking care of us. And what's more important is the way that we are operating and trusting in him daily. Showing that we actually believe what we say we believe. Are we all just about ourselves? Do we not trust God? Do we think we can do it on our own? Well, it'll be evident in the way we act. Obviously, this was, a, this was an issue. Okay, verse 24 which things are symbolic. For these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. 
and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is bondage with her children. So this had birthed two covenants, this idea. There's two covenants that are represented here through uh, Hagar and Ishmael would be that of man's attempt. This is the flesh. And this is where the law comes in. This would be the covenant of the law. The law was to point out our flesh. What's a covenant? A covenant is basically a contract. And when God makes a covenant, which he had made with Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to come through for you. This is my contract for you. You can believe it. We, uh, people break promises all the time, right? And so we're used to that. But God does not break promises. He doesn't break his covenants. And so he made in this, being as we're in the flesh, two covenants. The first was of the law, right? And so that's Mount Sinai and Moses gets the law. And what the whole purpose of the law is to show us how convicted we are, how absolutely uh, hopeless we are to be able to come to God on our own. It's to show us exactly how in bondage we are. To show us how self-exalting, how self-sustaining, how self-centered, how much the sin of the world has infiltrated our life. The law points it out like a tutor to show us exactly just how bad we really are. That's the whole point, right? And so what was born out of this was man's attempt to try to make things happen for God. That's Ishmael. Here's Sarah. Um, let's just do this on our own. We'll have to figure it out because it seems like God forgot or for some reason God is not on the throne at this point. Um, I've said it multiple times. I said it last week, said it in a devotion. Um, uh, God is not in quarantine, right? He is not in quarantine. God is on the throne we can continue to trust them even more so in a time like this. We're we're learning like we can't trust ourselves. We're learning that we're not capable. We're learning that even this great country that we live in that seems immune from so many issues, well, it can come here too. And so it, it helps us to stop looking at ourselves into trusting in the Lord. So the one covenant is uh, that which was made from the law, that the whole law had to be kept. If you were guilty of, of trespassing in any way in the law, you're guilty of the whole law. And so there is no righteousness that can be found in the law because we are all born into sin. But verse 26, but the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. How beautiful is the story of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac? <laughs> like that this is just such an unbelievable, just such a good picture for us to see that even when, when we think it's way past the time, God comes through. And God kept his promise, right? Through, through his descendants came the Messiah. And, and even through that, the Gentile believers, like the Galatians, like so many of us, all came through him. God keeps his promise. And God loves to do work. 
in a place where we can't see it coming. Like, if you read through the Gospels, if you, you're part of our church family, I say this often, but the words you see over and over again as you go through the Gospels is people are amazed, they're in awe, they're astonished. These are all words of like, like it didn't make sense to them. It blew their minds, okay? That's what Jesus was constantly doing. If, you, if you're able to look back at your life and think, how has God brought me to this point? All the blessings that I've received, how has he done it? It, it should blow your mind. Because God doesn't work like we work. Like we, if it was up to us, we would choose the easiest, most linear path possible. God takes us on these crazy wild adventures that are all character shaping in us. And we so often get stuck and think, oh no, I'm, I'm in the worst possible place. He's like, no, you're in the best possible place. And, and of course, we double down, make it 10 times worse by trying to escape the good thing he's doing in our lives. He's willing and wants to work on our behalf. So why would we worry? Why would we stress it's, it, and try to help him? We have no resources. There's nothing we can give to him. He gave us everything. It's like anything we give to him, he already gave to us. So it's like giving your kid $100 and they give you $10 back. You're like, thanks, appreciate that. But you already gave it all to me. You know, it's like, I, 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 he, he's done it all. And so we trust in that. We have a dog. Her name's Olive. She's nuts. She's totally crazy. Like insane. Um, and sometimes she plays with our neighbor's dog and they go nuts. And she always gets all tied up in the leash. And uh, sometimes she, it's like wrapped around some, it's like kind of a marvel. Every leg is wrapped up. It's, it's like, how did you even do that? Like, you couldn't even do it if you tried. But I have to grab her and pull her apart from her friend for a second to kind of try and work this thing out. But as I'm pulling her, she thinks she's even more trapped. So she starts freaking out. And the more she freaks out, the less I can free her from this bondage, from the things that are messing up what she wants to do, to get her back to out there, to get her through to the next step. So the things that are... Actually, the best thing for her, she sees as problematic. Like, what's going on? Why are you picking me up? Why am I tied up? It's like, I'm freeing you, actually, from those chains. I'm freeing you from your leash. You think I'm the one? No, you've tied yourself up. All I'm trying to do is help you. So all, the best thing you can do is stay calm and, and don't move. I got this, okay? Maybe if you have kids, you understand that too. Uh, a lot of times they try to help, and their help might not come through quite like you'd want it to. So, hey, listen, the best way you can help right now is hold this and don't move. They're like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear a crash or a bang or whatever, and they decided that they were going to just go do it on their own. That's, that's, this is problematic, right? This is where things start going awry. But that's us when we think we need to take control. Understand. God had not forgotten about the, the promise. He had not forgotten about Abraham and Sarah. No, he was just waiting to do it, you know, to get the most glory, to get their eyes the most on him, so they could see it is not about them. The faster we can learn that, that we are not the Savior of the world, that we need his help, the sooner we learn that, the, the better, the, the less difficult life will be. I know it's, it's, it's hard because you think, oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm struggling. I don't want to deal with this. 
I don't, you know, this isn't something I signed up for. Learn. Learn. The season you're in is a useful season in the hands of God because He does not make mistakes. And He who began the good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's completing it now. So what do we do? Okay, I get it. I get it. I actually love it when people get a little bit freaked out, like when you when you know what's going on and they don't. Um, my wife, we, I, when I was asking to marry her, uh, we I had said, you know, hey, we're going to go to dinner and meet with some friends, and so we're going to go do that. And so we got to go down to San Diego, and I, I started rushing her. Let's hurry. Pastor Jed is sitting there. Uh, at Balboa Park, he had gotten flowers and set the whole thing up. And I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We got to go. We're late. Let's go. And she's like, why are you hurrying me? She's kind of bummed out. Like, I'm going too hard. Like, what are you doing? Like, and so it's kind of like, it was a little bit contentious in the car on the way down. And I'm just sitting there like, kind of like, mm, well, just wait, <laughs> just wait. You won't be mad anymore. That might not have been the best approach that I could have possibly taken at that time. But I, it, it's like that, knowing what's coming, you're like, oh, don't worry, you won't be bummed. And, and of course, she wasn't. She wasn't bummed. Could have done it better, possibly. But you get the point. Like, when you know what's coming, and you know there's a good thing right around the other side, you go, oh, I hope that you can handle the stress that's coming. No, it's, this is going to pale in comparison. And you're going to see that there was a plan. None of this was just an accident. None of this just happened. This was all part of the plan. Matthew 6, verse 25 through 27 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Who? What gain is there in worrying? When we worry, we think we're in charge. We think we're in control. And God's like, please understand, you're not. You'd be really terrible at it. Okay? Just follow me. Trust me. Be wise. Follow me. Verse 29. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Ishmael persecuted Isaac. That was part of the issue, right? It, he did not like that Isaac was the chosen son. And there was going to be an issue. This is uh, the most critical people you will find in your life. The people who are looking to hurt are hurt people, right? And they are usually the most insecure people. The flesh hates the Spirit because the flesh, although it looks like it's more disciplined and working that much harder, just cannot produce the same things the Spirit can. Right? The, there is fruit in the promise. There is fruit in, in, in trusting in God. And the flesh will never get that. You will never get that from the law, from legalism. So if you find yourself on either being persecuted or persecuting someone because you don't like that they're free or you don't like that they aren't in bondage like you are, open your eyes. You too can be free. Two can walk away from all that stuff. God, he just wants us to have this loving father, son, father, daughter relationship where we can just 
cast all our cares upon him, allow him to have the wheel, allow him to, to do whatever he wants to do in our lives. And that's just to, just to trust him, just to believe him. And so even when the persecutions come, and they will, I mean, Ishmael represents, you know, the Arabic people, and, and we have the, uh, the uh, Isaac representing the Hebrew people, and that has been an issue for years, years and years, going throughout history. And so uh, this, this was not going to be dealt with easily, and, and we're going to come across persecution. We're going to come across issues. Um, it's kind of eye-opening right now. I think we're completely disrupted. We're our, everything that we have is like, what? I don't even know what day it is right now. It's, things are nuts, right? And uh, this is a time for us to see, you know what? The, this comfort zone that we've been living in is not actually the best place for us to be. This is actually not maybe even the way we were supposed to be living at all. And so it's a good opportunity to open our eyes and to take self-inventory. God, here I am. I got time. I'm sitting at home. Talk to me. Speak to me. I haven't listened in a long time. Speak to me through your word. God, I, I want to start talking to you. I want to have a prayer life. I want to start reading and digging in deeper and growing. I don't want to be the same person I've always been. This is an opportunity, an opportunity to change, an opportunity to wake up, an opportunity to see him for who he is and be free. Nevertheless, verse 30, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Again, we're speaking about the law, right? And, and we're speaking about going, returning to the law. They, the law and grace, they can't, they don't go together. You can't bring them both to the table. They don't go together. Jesus accomplished the law. The way that we best accomplish the law is, is by living with him, is, is letting him abide in us because he's already done it. So the way to be most holy is just to spend time with Jesus. The way to be more like him is to Live in, in receiving His grace and then giving His grace. This is repentance. Our minds have been changed. We can see it clearly now. Now, after seeing it clearly, we don't just try and buckle down and become holy and make ourselves look good and, and try and stop cussing and you know, stop you know, whatever, drinking, whatever, all these things. No, we've got to just draw and close to the Lord and say, God, change me from the inside out. Like my heart is the problem. My actions follow my heart. The law can't change your heart. The law just show your actions are bad. But Jesus can change your heart and can renew you and, and can give you this, this new mind, right? That our minds are being renewed day by day. We can be used for his glory. We have to fully surrender to him. And, and then we'll find out he's enough. Right? I think a lot of times there's a lot of things we think we need also, but even right now, we find out he's enough. Like, what about being thankful for bread on the table? What about being thankful for having food in the, in the grocery store? I don't know about you, but for me, it's become a lot more simple in that way. Like, I'm just thankful for my family. I'm thankful just for the, I'm thankful for what God has put in front of me. I'm so thankful for, of course, first of all, 
for sending his son to die on the cross, that we have hope in him, that he has promises for us, that he's not leaving us, forsaking us, that we can cast our cares upon him, that we can lay our burdens down before him, that he's washed clean our sin. But the blessings he's given us in the life now, I'm so thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends, for this church community. I'm thankful for food at the grocery store. I'm thankful that I can walk outside for a second with three masks on. But it's the little things. And we forgot about the little things. And I've been talking to multiple friends and I'm like, man, I do not want to go back to forgetting about the little things. I don't want to go back to not thinking, I wonder how every person in the church is doing. I wonder how they're doing. Let's pray for each one of them. Go down the list. I hope they're okay. I hope they're good. Hey, what's going on? What do you need? Spiritually, physically, emotionally, what do you need? This is where we're supposed to be. So God is using this season. Hey, I hope it's short. I, I don't, th this is weird. I'm talking to a camera. There's two other people in the room. Pastor Jed, Pastor Kellen. <laughs> and, and it's weird. And I'm like, I'm already ready to be done with it. But I want to learn. I want to grow in this season. And I don't want to forget the things God's showing us. And maybe this is a way we're reaching out to a whole new group of people. I don't know. Whatever God wants to do, I just want to trust Him. And I think if we can all be there, the anxiety drops. The fear drops. The worry drops. Because God can bring a baby out of an 100-year-old and a 90-year-old. He can feed thousands of people with a very small amount of food. He can calm the wind and the waves in a second. We needed reminders of this. Especially when you probably haven't felt like you've had any real waves for a long time. Maybe if you haven't even felt like you could possibly be hungry for a long time. We need this. Verse 31. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. If we are in Christ, we are children of the free, and we should walk like that. I have three lessons. Three lessons that I think we can learn here, and kind of three take-homes. Of course, you're already at home, so... You know, take it home. Keep it home. Three keep homes that you could have with you. <sighs> this is weird. <laughs> Three lessons from uh, Isaac and Ishmael about pride and promises. I was thinking through the message and I was thinking pride and promises is a good title to kind of explain what, what is going on here. One, first lesson. Trust God now. Even if you can't see a clear solution. Uh, I guess it's a, it's a lesson, but it's also a directive. If we want to, we want to trust him now. Even when you can't see a clear solution, we want to trust him now. Because down the road, we're going to look back and see that he was faithful. And it's so much better to like look back having had faith through that season. And... There's no way you're not going to have little bits of fear here and there or that would come up. But, but being able to silence those with faith, with believing in his promises. But trust God now. Now is the time to trust him. Right? Because it's easy to trust him after the storm has passed. But when you trust him in the storm, then you're going to have the benefit of being able to be like, I was able to endure through the storm and then look back at it and go, God, you were so faithful and your promises were true. And now I know when the next storm comes, I can 
also trust you and can keep on looking at you. Sarah got to see God's promise to her son Isaac. She got to see it, but she missed out on the full blessing and, and she opened up a whole new can of worms, right? Because I'll tell you right now, when you act in fear, you don't act in love. When you act in fear, you are not acting in the spirit. When you act like in fear, you are not where you're supposed to be. And, and Sarah was not where she was supposed to be. God still fulfilled his promise. He kept his end of the covenant. But there was a price to be paid. Good things came, but could have been better. Psalm 20, 28, verses 7 and 8. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. We can trust him. He is good. A uh, second thing we can learn from this, God's timing is perfect. It's also not our timing. His timing is perfect. We live in a microwave culture. We want things to be fast. Uploads are fast. Uh, things happen quick, 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 quick. Everything has really slowed down. It's crazy how much it's slowed down. But God is showing us that he's doing something in this season. His timing was perfect. For them to have a kid was way beyond when they thought would ever even be possible. But his timing is perfect. Psalm 27, verses, uh, 27, verse 14 Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We need to wait on him and trust. The idea of waiting for anything is like tough, right? But this is, this is huge in seeing what God wants to do in your life. Waiting on him is saying, all right, God, I'm not going rogue. God, I'm not leading the pack. I'm waiting for you. Where do you want to take me? Where do we want to go next? It's just wait, see, what is it? What are you doing right now? I think that's something we got to be asking ourselves. And everyone at home, everyone that's maybe hearing this, myself personally, is like asking God, what are you doing right now? Like, a lot of this doesn't really make sense. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories and there's a lot of thoughts and all of these kind of things. I don't... Yeah, I don't care about what the world's doing. What are you doing right now? What do you want me to do? And asking him and then listening. And the third, we are not good at being God. So if you would, if you would have uh, not had this happen, this, this little trial we're going through here, if you would have not had this happen, um, you know, that makes sense. But you're not God. <laughs> and God a lot of times takes us into positions that we would have never wanted to go through in order to do something supernatural, something beyond what we could ever have imagined, and to cement something in our hearts that can't be moved. He is with us. He's God. You're not. You wouldn't be good at it. Sarah got caught figuring. I just figured I should work it out. I just figured I should try and get, you know, make this happen. It's not going to happen any other way. So Hagar, let's just all right, this is an ideal, but at least there'll be a boy, in my, I mean, a kid in my house, and then, oh, it's a boy, okay, this must have been the right thing. This is, this is, she got caught figuring, and a lot of times we can do that. I just figured I'd do this for God, or I just figured uh, I could just kind of move forward here, I figured, I figured, I figured, no, let's just wait, 
chill out, he's God. Job, trial after trial after trial, right? And what does God say to him? He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Of course, there's more to it than that. But he's like, you don't know anything, Job. Like, I know what's going on, and I know you think you know, but you don't know anything. I made everything, everything, spoken into existence. We can trust God. We can't trust ourselves. Listen, these are in certain times. Absolutely. But all the more reason to put all of our trust in, in the all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present God. Loving God. He loves us. He cares. He's with us. And we don't want to miss the blessing. We don't want to miss the growth in this season. I know I've kind of been saying this a lot, but I, this is it. You don't want to miss out on what God's doing in your life. We pray that you are blessed. Actually, we will pray in a second. Pray that you are well. We pray that God is ministering to you as you allow him space. Get alone. Get away. Pray that you're ministering to your family, that you're reaching out to those around you, that you're telling, even telling people about whatever, about the Lord, if you want to use this podcast, if you want to, whatever you want to do. Or this video. But we pray that God would use this time to spark revival in our country. To spark revival in our own hearts. Of course, it always starts with us. So don't miss the blessing. Let's pray. Lord, I, I just thank you, God, and I praise you. You're so good. We pray that you would just bless everyone out there that's listening to this. Is just This is so weird. But man, what a, what a time. The fact that technology allows this is honestly amazing or it's that we aren't actually without having uh, contact with each other obviously not physical but we can still talk we can still communicate your truth can still go out and so god we pray that you would just use this season that you minister to each person where they're at that you remove fear and anxiety and uh, that we have put our trust in you and our hope in you and that you'd use this season for your good purpose, for your glory. Praise these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We love each and every one of you. And we cannot wait to be back here soon. All right. God bless.